and happy 2023. I'm Patty Blinderman and welcome to the ADHD Friendly Podcast. I am a professionally certified ADHD coach with over 10 years experience and my passion is finding ADHD friendly tools, resources, and services that tilt the playing field in favor of ADHD brain wiring. And I bring them here to share them with you in the hopes that they do the same in your life. Today, I'm gonna be talking about a celebration related to what I'm calling resetting my office. You see a little bit maybe already if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, If not, I invite you to check out the video of this if you're listening on my YouTube channel, ADHD Friendly Podcast. I'm also then going to share an ADHD-friendly tip from Tim Ferriss on New Year's resolutions. It's that time of year when we're setting them, so I have a little bit of a different approach to it that I found from Tim Ferriss. And then my topic for today is 23 and 23 lists. And then, as always, when I wrap up at the end, I will highlight what's coming in the next episode of the ADHD-friendly podcast. So let's start with my celebration. And it's what I'm calling an office reset. And I'm going to be sharing again, some pictures here. So if you are listening and you want to see them, I just invite you to check out the YouTube channel where you can see all of the examples that I'm going to be highlighting. So when I was heading into the holidays um, last month, I tend to notice my pattern is if I get piles of paper, um, more than three of them going and particularly in my office, it's, it's a sure sign that I am trying to do too much. And I lost count of how many piles I had. So it wasn't even like I just had four. I I don't even know. Um, And it tends to create a lot of not just visual clutter, but it it then overflows and creates some brain clutter and um, overwhelm. And I just can't seem to um, get clarity and move things forward. It's taking a lot of my energy just to tolerate my surroundings. So I did one of my favorite things, and that is to take before and after pictures Um, I want to acknowledge it's always hard to take a before picture because um, remember our ADHD brain wiring is now and not now. So we can't picture it not looking that way. So it can be really uncomfortable. But I know from experience that I always appreciate having the before picture if I take it when I can go back and look at it. Because also once I'm done with the project, I can't remember the before very well. I always believe I'll be able to, but I I know I, I don't. So a picture always helps me. So I took a before picture just of my, um, this is just of my desk area, and I'm just going to hold this up. And it was really um, overwhelming. There were just piles everywhere and clutter and um, post-it notes stuck everywhere. It was just overwhelming. So then I have a picture. I moved everything in my office around. You can see I'm I'm in a little, if you've been watching my podcast, uh, you might be able to see I'm sitting in a slightly different location in my office. I just moved to a, a different corner of the office and I moved my divider behind me to try to um, just create a little bit more uh, friendly vantage point. So there's not as much distraction going on behind me. Um, and it really did open things up. So that my desk is now on the other side of my office and it might still look cluttered and um, busy, but this for me is, is about as clear as it gets. And it just works so much better. I really thought intentionally about what I needed at my fingertips and what I could let go of. And that's really helped me to um, create a clearer path and definitely up the energy. When I think about coming into my office and even just sitting here, I, I can see my desk and it just, it just creates that, that calm and ease, a little bit more space. And again, it's pulling me into it. So that's always what I'm going for. 
And then this is another corner um, where I just want to highlight the the overflow onto the floor, <laughs> just piles. Um, and it was just a bit much to deal with. So this took me about four days to get everything, not just moved to a different space, but really organized, really um, reset and put back in the order that it needed to be so that I could go into the new year with that common ease to be able to access the things I need them, know where things are, easily put things away after I use them so that um, it doesn't create another, you know, I'm not just going a week from now into another series of piles that I have to contend with. And then the final thing, this was my podcast corner uh, just, you know, last week when I was recording and um, all I really did was move it to a different location. So I didn't have, I don't have the bookshelves behind me now. And I took a picture of the after yesterday. I was really feeling satisfied, but then I really noticed the chair was still bothering me. The color of the chair has just always drained me. It's not, um, it's not my taste. Um, and so all I did was I just covered it with a sheet because I, I looked everywhere for a slip cover that fits this chair. And apparently they all have like wingback covers. This doesn't have wingbacks. And I don't know what kind of chair this is, what it's called, but I just love the, um, the cover on it. Cause I know when I'm sitting here, you really can't tell as much that it's slip cover. And it just allows me to tolerate it until one day I get a different chair that works better, but it's just so comfortable. It's a very comfortable chair. And I like the, the height of the arms and everything. So I like the chair. I just don't like the color. Um, and the other thing that I did was I brought in, I don't know if you can see it from the original picture, but over here on the table, I have a, an old fashioned rotary phone. And I just wanted to highlight, this is like one of the sparkly things. I bought this as an estate sale a couple of years ago. And I, I put my little ADHD friendly um, things sticker on it because it does make me so happy. And the reason it makes me happy is I just love the sound of a really heavy title. <laughs> this doesn't work. It's not plugged into anything, but oh my gosh. I don't know. It's one of those things I always say, notice what makes you happy and, and gives you energy. So just having that, I, I had it on a counter in my hallway and I would just, you know, every time I walk by, just one little number I would dial. It just, it just it's one of those things that um, gives me a little dopamine hit, makes, you know, my energy just go up just a little bit, gives me a little bump in my energy. And so it's just an example of, you know, surrounding yourself, making room for the things in your life that you really do enjoy. So that's my celebration. I have... My desk cleared, my paper piles are under control. I have a new sparkly podcast corner. I have my rotary phone. And I established a five, um, a, a bulletin board for my 2022 lists that I'm gonna highlight, like how it's one of the five things I'm doing that's really sparkly to kick off the new year. The first being this office reset and then, um, I'll go into the bulletin board. I have a picture of that that I'll share in just a little bit. All right, so that was my celebration. So next I'm gonna move on to an ADHD friendly tip. And this is a time of year, you know, the beginning of January when a lot of us are either setting New Year's resolutions or deciding I'm done with New Year's resolutions because they don't work for me. Um, they're challenging for most of us. And I used to, I've shared before, I used to write down with my husband um, every New Year's Eve, we would write down our, our resolutions for that year. And then we would put them in a file and I labeled them New Year's resolutions. 
and we had great intentions and lots of energy and we're really excited about them. And then the next New Year's Eve, when we'd go to write them, I would go to put them in the file and I'd find the years before the, the list from the year before. And I'd realize we didn't do any of these because they were out of say, out of mind. Um, we had no way to stay connected to them. We had good intentions without structure to help prompt us and follow through in specific action, actionable steps that we could take to reach them. And so I'm always looking for ways to make it easier to not only envision and set goals or aims or intentions, but also how are we going to remember them and celebrate them, check them off so that we're reaching them more consistently. And I received a newsletter from Tim Ferriss. Um, I listened to his podcast and um, on New Year's Eve, I got an email where he shared what he does instead of uh, New Year's resolutions. He calls it past year reviews. And it was a pretty straightforward and sparkly idea. So instead of doing my, my own process, I decided to start with this because it really sounded like it was in line with what I most needed. And so I just wanted to share what his process is and hope the hopes that, you know, in case it's something that resonates for you that you want to try. Um, so he says, um, he does this every year. He says, our days are too precious not to fill them with the people and activities that nourish us the most. And he said, this process takes just 30 to 60 minutes. And I will tell you from my experience, that is true. So step one, he said, just grab a notepad and create two columns, a positive column and a negative column. And then you go through your calendar from last year and look at every week and just jot down on this notepad, either on the positive side or the negative side, any people, activities, or commitments that triggered peak positive or negative emotions for that month. Now, I've shared how I keep a success journal. I grab visual successes. I have a monthly practice of going and pulling out things that I really feel a sense of accomplishment for and looking for pictures or ways to add that to my expected patronum journal, my visual success journal. I didn't expect this to be any, you know, give me any different information. However, it felt more streamlined than going back and kind of looking through like my pictures and my visual successes and my physical journal for the whole year. I just went through this process of looking at my calendar and just scrolling through week by week and noticing people that I had, you know, like, oh, I was so excited. I remember I, I was really looking forward to that. It was a great meeting or something I was, you know, I really had fun doing or um, a commitment that I you know, had on the calendar that I followed through with, whatever it was. And I just wrote them down and I went through each week of the month. And it was really interesting because there were certain things I do each month that really became really a strong awareness for me as I went through. Um, and there were things that I also really noticed drained my energy, certain events, certain situations, certain people. Um, and it's just, you know, again, growing awareness of that intentional piece. What, what do I intentionally want to put in place? So he says, after you've done this throughout, throughout the year, and it took me, um, I did this on just, you know, printer paper, and it took me three pages of notes. Thankfully, most of the things are on the positive side, but I went through each month and I really did notice, you know, what, what accomplishments felt really good and what people did I notice really build up my energy. And he says, just look at the 20% from each column that produce, produce the most powerful peaks, either positive peaks or negative peaks. 
And based on your answers, he says, then take your positive leaders and schedule more of them in the new year. He says, get them on the calendar now, book things with your friends, prepay for activities, events, or commitments that you know work for you. It's not real until it's on the calendar. That's step one. And then he said, take step two is take the negative leaders and put them on a not to-do list. So, you know, making sure that you're not putting them on your calendar, that you're remembering that those are things that you know made you miserable and you don't want to do them again. So whether it was an event that you attended, you're like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that again next year. I remember for me, I've shared this before. One of the really clear things was traveling in a car over the holidays. We used to drive up the East coast um, and we did it over Thanksgiving one year and we got stuck in bumper to bumper traffic for hours on the way back. And I was like, that's it. I'm not traveling. And I was like, it was just too stressful. I was like, I'm not doing that again. So notice what the things are that you want to build more structure around and what do you want to make sure you're not going to have on your calendar again. And I'm just going to end with this quote he shared. He said, it's not enough to remove the negative things. That simply creates a void. Get the positive things on the calendar ASAP, lest they get crowded out by the, I'm going to substitute a word here because I'm trying not to swear on this podcast, by the crap and noise that will otherwise fill your days. Okay. So that was the part that I found really interesting because when I went through each of the weeks, it was so energizing to notice the patterns that I was very motivated right then and there to put them on my calendar. So I literally took about an hour and I blocked things on my calendar that weren't already like a repeat event. I went ahead and put them on all throughout 2022. I booked a trip to go see my kids in North Carolina in the first quarter to make sure that it was already done. I bought the tickets. I confirmed everybody had free dates. I reached out to some friends that also live in the area to schedule time with them. So they're on the calendar. And to do this months in advance is really a win for me, but I can't even tell you how much energy, even now sharing that with you, how excited I am. And, and it's not even for several months, but I'm just so excited that it's already booked and, and confirmed. And I even found a knitting event that I can go to. And I put that on the calendar because that was something I noticed I really did enjoy was having something focused on learning something new, being with people who also enjoyed knitting and stepping outside my comfort zone. So I found an event in another state and I'm going to go with a, with a friend to knit. So I already have multiple things on the calendar and that's such a fun thing. And it's just giving me so much energy and it was really a surprise. I didn't expect it to be so profound. So I wanted to share um, that experience in the hopes that it resonates with you in some way. And, you know, as I always say, take what works and let go of what doesn't. So if it doesn't resonate with you, that's okay. But just notice if you have something that you intentionally want to bring forth in 2023, what's going to make that strong enough that you're going to remember and not have it fall off your radar. So you're celebrating it at the end of this year. All right. So on to today's topic, and that is 23 and 23 lists. So that's 23 things in 2023 lists. And I see this as an alternative way of setting goals. It's for me a bit more structured and it helps me instead of putting it into a file and putting it away, I'm keeping it in front of me. So I see it and I'm much more likely to check it off. This has worked really well for me. So I just want to highlight it here. Want to give full credit to um, where I learned about this structure was from the happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. They've been doing this for years and 
I have been keeping my lists for years, but not this structured with, you know, the number tied to the year. So like 20 and 20, 21 and 21, that kind of thing. So now we're in 2023. So there's 23 things in 2023. And I shared over the last year how I did this with social outings. I was really trying to build up my social muscles. So I made a, a goal to do 22 um, social things that I would list and check off just to build back up my social muscles after the pandemic. And that really worked for me. That was transformative. And I'm continuing that this year with a new list, 23 and 23. And I've even upped it a little bit to um, be a little bit more mindful about what I'm going to allow myself to count as those 23 things, because I know what I noticed was what worked, but I also noticed I need to push myself a little bit more this year. If I really want to grow my social skills and that social muscle, um, even more than I was able to over the last year. So, um, I want to begin by starting with my wins for my 22 and 22 lists. Um, I shared, I did this before with the social, and that was my huge win for the year. I also did it with my knitting. So I had a goal to knit 23 or 22 new things over the course of 2022. And I didn't hit that. I did knit um, 15 things, but you know, several of them were really large projects. So I feel like that's really a win and it kept my awareness of, you know, trying to strive towards building time to allow for me to be able to do that and to learn new skills so that there was something sparkly pulling me into knitting. I know when I knit something that's kind of mundane and boring, I tend to put it down and not even notice I'm not knitting anymore. And that's actually going on right now. I'm knitting a scarf and it's just not very sparkly. Um, so I'm having a hard time getting back to it. Um, so I've signed up for a class because I want to, you know, have that structure and that accountability. Um, I also noticed I had a, a books for 2022. I had a goal to read 22 nonfiction books. And what I noticed was instead of feeling like the sparkle in the pull that the other lists gave me, it felt like an expectation. And it was really hard for me to keep up with it. It just, even though I read a number of nonfiction books, I found my, my own self-talk getting in the way of acknowledging them and letting, my, letting me add them to the list. So um, that didn't work very well. So I, I changed it for 2023 where I'm just listing books that I read and hoping you know to, to fill in 23. No disclaimer on the type of book and can be anything I read just to get that habit of reading more established because it really got in the way of me reading more last year. I was really, um, it just had the opposite impact that I thought it would. So I took notice of that and changed it up this year to make it a little bit more sparkly. I also um, noticed that my home and personal things that I wanted to get done I did 16 out of 22 of them, including I got my real ID, I got my TSA pre-approved, I got my mammogram. I did things that I ordinarily would dread because they all required appointments I had to schedule. Ugh. And I've been putting them off and I, I was just, it felt so good to check them off that I looked ahead at, okay, what do I need to schedule this year? There are appointments I can go ahead and just put on my list of 2023 things I want to do. And then I'll, I'll have that structure to keep going back and checking them off. So that really worked well for me. So my brain can't work from just one list. This is what I noticed um, this year. So what I do is I make multiple lists. So I, when I listen to Gretchen Rubin, my, my sense is that she makes one list. Um, I tend to make 
a list of personal things, but then I break them out. So my example is like the books I want to read. I keep a separate list for that because I can't keep everything on one piece of paper. And it just helps me to remember like, that's one of the things. So if it's an individual item, I just check off and that's done on that list. But if it's something that's 23 of those things, I need another list to keep up with it. So I have a separate list for knitting projects. And I already started writing down the things that I'm going to, I already know I'm going to make because I already have the yarn for them or I already signed up for the class to take it. But then I also wrote down because I love learning some of the things I want to learn this year. And that will pull me into the knitting with a little bit more ease. And then I wrote down the books. I already have several books that I am reading or I plan on reading because I'm going to be doing a talk on it. So they're listed, but then the space, the rest of the space is anything I want to read. And I have a list of possible books that I want to read that I'm excited about. But again, I don't expect myself to read them because I would get in the way. And then I have for my social outings, I researched more places that I could um, check a social box. I made different lists and structures around social things. And I'm excited about that list. So I'm building, I'm calling it my social muscle building list. So I'm again, I'm just kind of playing with it and keeping it light so that it doesn't keep me from doing it. And then I have my personal home and family list. And some of them are things that just need to be done to the house that I don't want to forget. And then other things are, you know, my plan to schedule my physical, you know, just things like get my schedule, my eye exam, the things that I need to do, but I don't want to forget and have them fall off my radar. Um, and then I even have my ADHD friendly favorite things, 23 list, where I just have a place I can start writing them because I, I find them throughout the year and I need a place to be able to write them down. So I remember to keep looking for them, keeps my brain actively engaged and searching for things. So this sounds like a lot, even as I say it, so you might be like, oh my gosh, like that's too much. I feel overwhelmed just listening to Patty. I overwhelm myself a lot. Um, but so I made, I have a, just a bulletin board in my, on the wall of my office that I covered in Wonder Woman wrapping paper. Again, I'm showing this if, if you want to check out the YouTube channel to see the picture of it. And then I made a big banner that says 23 in 2023. And each of my lists will be hung here. I just put a little thumbtack in there and I hang them up and it has a pen um, that I can go and I can write things on it. Every, I walked it's in a very prominent place. I can't miss it. It worked really well last year, but this year I added the Wonder Woman border because it just felt really fun and sparkly to pull me into keeping up with my lists. So I just wanted to share how this has worked for me and invite you to consider if 23 and 23 is something that's sparkly for you, what would you do to be, to just get started? Is it one list of, you know, or just one thing that you want to do? Um, I know on the Gretchen Rubin um, podcast, they share that their, um, one of their, their 23 thing this year is 23 minutes outside every day. And that's very sparkly. So actually I have that. That's one of my 23. 23 things is to explore ways, not every single day to expect myself. I live in Chicago and some days that would be, be miserable, um, but on, you know, days that I can to really put some intention behind that, because that has so many benefits and it checks so many boxes just by doing that one thing that it's very sparkly. So maybe it's one thing that you'll do 23 things of, or um, just really thinking about what works for you and letting go of what doesn't work for you. Cause that's what pulls us forward. All right. So now to recap, I shared my office reset celebration where I really gave myself permission to let go of it at the end of the year because I didn't have time. 
to do anything about it and then built time in to come in and file and reorganize and clean up and even move furniture around. That's always sparkly for me. So um, allowing myself to just reset the whole office and now it has that great energy for the beginning of the year, which is very exciting. And then I shared an ADHD-friendly tip from Tim Ferriss, where he does past year reviews and talked about how just going through each week of your calendar and jotting down the positive peaks and the negative peaks, and then using that to intentionally block time in your calendar for the positives and block out the negatives and go ahead and schedule them so that they're already there. They tend to be the last thing we schedule. And I love the idea of just doing it first and getting it on the calendar. It's, it's prioritizing yourself and the things that you need to take care of yourself. And then I shared the 23 and 2023 20, lists. If you decide to try this, or if there's something that occurs to you that could work even better, please share your experience. I'll post um, a blank copy of the list that I use, and it'll just be a PDF in the note, the show notes if you wanna try it out. Um, and then next week, the episode is going to be on planning. So I have all these lists and I shared a little bit about how I post them on the wall, but there's lots of other things I do that go into planning a whole year. So I'm gonna talk about some tips and tools that I use to plan and prioritize an entire year and just ask you to explore what, what might make it easier for you to see your you know, stretch your time horizon, see what's coming up and keep in mind the things that are most important to you as you're going through 2023. Until then, tally ho.